Hello, I'm Bill DeLuise, and this is the Wiley Society Podcast. Thanks for joining us. This time of year at Wiley is often a busy one for colleagues. It's publisher report season, which means that if you publish with us, you likely have received or will very soon receive a detailed report reviewing what we've accomplished together in the last year. These reports include updates on things Wiley's working on, like new initiatives and technology pilots, as well as comprehensive information about the health of your journal, usage, citation metrics, and much, much more. Lots of work goes into these reports, and we hope that you find all of the detail useful. It can be a lot of data to take in, though, particularly when it comes to journal metrics. So in this episode, we're going to call up Wiley's resident metric expert, David Nygren. David is the Vice President for Research Insights at Wiley, and he leads a global market research and analysis team that works to better understand the needs of societies, authors, researchers, and librarians. Let's call David. David, hi, it's Bill. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Bill. Uh, It's my pleasure. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this because metrics can be an incredibly complex subject, even for those of us who are working in the journal's publishing business. And I think one of the most commonly cited and and maybe the most familiar to our audience is the impact factor. Can we start by talking a bit about the impact factor? What makes it so important? So the impact factor has been around for a long time, uh, and it was the very first citation metric, I think. And over that time, it's become kind of the gold standard in the, the way that we evaluate journals. And I I think that's understandable because there is a certain simplicity to it. Um, It's a single number, and as we know, it represents the ratio of sites per articles within a given time frame. Um, And that, for each subject area, gives us a rank. And we know how appealing rank is to human nature. Uh, And of course, the reason why ranking is appealing uh, is because it eliminates all that annoying nuance, and it simplifies the task of, of, of assessing a situation or a journal. Um, it simplifies the task of making choices. Um, the, the usefulness of the metric itself is, is uh, I think, unfortunately manifested itself in a kind of oversimplification in the way both that we evaluate journals and also the way that we evaluate people who publish in those journals. Yeah, I mean, simplicity can be a double-edged sword sometimes, right? I, there, there are some people in the research community who are critical of the impact factor, and they see it as overused or maybe restrictive, restrictive in some way. Uh, is is that because it is so unnuanced? Is is that a view you share? Um, that's part of the reason I think, and and it's just be, I think because it's kind of there's been kind of metric creep, and it's become dominant even in areas where it shouldn't be dominant. So one way where it's probably been applied in too extreme a fashion is in the way that researchers are evaluated. So researcher reputations and and decisions around uh, tenure and promotion. Um, as we know, are are very often tied to the impact factor of a journal where a researcher has published. Um, And that's probably not that fair. It's kind of akin to judging, say, a job candidate by the university she attended. Um, I'm not the first to have said this, but but what I think is that the impact factor is still useful. Um, It's still something that's worth paying attention to. But it's most meaningful when you use it in conjunction with, with other metrics to get a more holistic view of the journal. Um, and when I say other metrics, I'm thinking about not only other citation metrics such as SNP or, or site score, but also non-citation metrics, things like usage data, for example, um, which is the ROI metric used by librarians who actually pay for the journal content. 
I'm also thinking of metrics, uh, article level metrics, such as alt metrics. Um, you could potentially include others in there, such as um, the level of international collaborators, since we know that international collaboration um, tends to result in, in articles that have more impact than those without international collaboration. You know, what I see sometimes is that there's a real temptation to um, assume that these metrics are measures of research impact. The impact factor, the eigenfactor, the H index, alt metrics, or usage. Is that fair? Is it fair to say that these are impact metrics? Well, I think if, you know, if, we, put, if we put aside citation manipulation, which does happen but isn't dominant, I think it's fair to say that, that a cited article has made an impact in some way. But what you can't say from the impact metrics, from citations, is what the nature of that impact is. Is it positive or is it negative or is it neutral? Um, for example, you know, if somebody cited a paper that gave them the original foundational idea for a paper, um, that citation is going to appear to be equal to one that was made um, because the author of an article was disagreeing with a different article, or maybe they were just ambivalently referring to the fact that it exists, that there's been other research that's similar. Um, so I think it's accurate to say that citations give an indication that a piece of research has contributed to the conversation in some way, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's helped to move research within the given discipline forward. Good or bad, David, I think people do pay a lot of attention to citation metrics, and, and particularly the impact factor, especially the editorial leadership of journals. Is there any way that you're aware of to get advanced warning of citation met metric decline? Like, if things are going to go badly, what are the early warning signs there? Well, it's not necessarily an indication that things are going to go badly, but something that, that, that those individuals would want to pay attention to are those situations where uh, recent or past metrics have been skewed in some way. Um, maybe there was a single paper that was referenced in the New York Times that received a lot of citations and a lot of usage and a lot of attention. Um, usage data and altmetric data probably don't really act like reliable predictors of impact in citations or a decrease in citations. Um, we find that any correlation among those things tends to be rather loose. Um, but if we, if we were to look more holistically, say, at the, the general health of the journal, uh, rather than the, the citation, citation metric itself, um, then all these other metrics, I think, do play a role. So what we try to do is, is monitor a wide variety of journal health indicators, um, including citations, but not limited to them. Uh, and those are the ones that we've included in our society dashboard, uh, Wiley Journal Insights. Um, so there we include both article and, and title level um, output and citation metrics. Um, we include usage metrics, again, both the article and citation level. We include sales data. It's interesting. I mean, Wiley Journal Insights, the society reporting dashboard you mentioned, is a relatively new launch to our society partners. And I'm wondering, it's a big of a tangent, but do you have any sense of how and whether people are enjoying it? Well, I think the most important thing that Wiley Journal Insights provides is a level of transparency that, that we've not had previously. We provided our society clients with annual reports, and we would provide them with a lot of ad hoc reports throughout the year. Those reports were very often in the form of not very attractive Excel spreadsheets and that kind of thing that, although they had a lot of information, um, it kind of forced the user to search for the insight, and, and therefore the, the, data, the data that was provided wasn't very actionable. 
what we've tried to do with Wiley Journal Insights is design it in such a way so that we're not simply providing a lot of data, but we're summarizing that data, providing tools to manipulate that data so that it can actually be used to inform decision making. So that society executives and editors and chiefs can see how, you know, what is their, their top article this month, what's being used the most. Um, they can see how citations are tracking this year versus last. Um, if they're in a budgeting process, they can see how sales are going this year versus same time in recent years. Um, and again, we're trying to get to that point where by, by collaborating with our society partners and by engaging with the dialogue with them around Wiley Journal Insights, we're able to enhance the tools so that it provides even more guidance to them as they go through their decision-making processes throughout the year. It's interesting. It's it, everything I've heard is that people really are enjoying it. That it is um, a useful tool for editorial strategy, also for business strategy. And so, I it, it's it's interesting to see how it will evolve. Um, and speaking of evolution, I wonder if I can ask you to um, look out a couple of years. What what would you say is the next big thing in the world of citation metrics? Hmm. Well. I think the, the traditional citation metric of the impact factor probably will gradually lose dominance, even, you know, because I'd say it still is dominant. Um, I don't think it's going to go away entirely, um, but I think a lot of the newer article-level metrics and, and author-level metrics, as they should, are going to become much more relevant than, than they are now. And I think for this reason, um, what society should do and what all journal publishers should do kind of think hard about, you know, basic existential questions like why does the journal as a concept need to exist? Not just my, not why does our journal, but why does the journal as a thing need to exist? I think starting with that question better helps us get to that point where we can think more clearly about the value that we provide as journal publishers and as societies. So for example, as many societies are already doing, um, this is just one example, I would advise them to, to think about how their journal might grow internationally. So if a society were to decide that it's important for the health of their journal to grow internationally, then obviously they want to track how international their author base is. And if they're using that as an indicator of journal health, um, rather than simply citations or impact factor, how might that fact inc uh, inform and, and change the journal's practices and policies and acceptance criteria? So again, I, I would repeat that in, in thinking about those kind of existential questions, um, I'd be very interested in hearing from societies about how they answer some of these same questions that you've asked me. Um, because if we better understand the types of decisions they need that they need to make as time goes on, we can ensure that the data in Wiley Journal Insights is set up so that it can help to answer the questions that will inform those decisions. Thanks, David. That's right. That's a really great reminder um, to get behind the to get to the why behind citations. Exactly. Um, and it was really exciting. Thank you for indulging my tangents. It was really exciting to learn more about the new Wiley Journal Insights dashboard. Great. Well, I enjoyed the conversation, though. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks again for coming. We'll talk soon. I hope our conversation provided some food for thought as you read through your publisher's report this year. David's prediction that the impact factor may gradually lose dominance is one shared by many experts in the publishing industry. And the rise of article-level and author-level metrics is certainly something to watch. The Wiley Journal Insights dashboard is designed to give you the visibility you need into the holistic view that David recommends taking when it comes to strategic journal development, and we absolutely welcome your thoughts and suggestions about this new tool. 
If you have any questions or feedback to share, please contact David at dnigren at wiley.com. Contact information is also included in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Our theme music was provided by Jason Shaw and editing by Dennis Velasco. And the show's producer is Anna Ayler. Our editorial advisory group includes Andy Robinson, Alexa Dugan, David Nicholson, Sarah Phibbs, Mark Robertson, and Nielsen Turner. You can find previous episodes and learn when new episodes are released by subscribing to the Wiley Society podcast in iTunes. You can also sign up for our mailing list to learn more about what's happening at Wiley and other news and trends in research publishing by going to exchanges.wiley.com societies. I'm Bill Deloise, and thanks again for listening.